Amen. Oh, man, it's, it's been so much fun uh, just joining all of you kind of throughout the week. Uh, we, we decided to bring Wyatt out of his room and uh, let him come be with all of us. And man, I just, I love how we have so many young men and women that are part of Cornerstone that can just not only lead us in worship, but help lead us to follow Jesus. And so super thankful for that. Um, here's where we're going to be this morning. We're going to be looking at Romans 8.1. If you've got a Bible, you can go down there. It's, it's, uh, it's uh, probably one of the most um, endearing, loved, appreciated uh, passages within Romans and just this reality. There is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's where we're going to start this morning. But let me kind of introduce to you some of the guys who are going to be with me. Uh, a lot of you know Terry. Um, he was with us, uh, obviously, this last Wednesday night, and so super thankful that he gets to be back with us today, and then uh, also kind of making his reappearance, uh, coming out of uh, his quarantine is, uh, is Spencer McCush, and That's so just right. off the start, here's hold what on, I want to... Hold on, hold on, No, I got one thing left to start. Hey, I'm in charge here. We, no, we, no, we want to acknowledge the cardigan. I was about to say, let's get all, everything out of the cardigan, <laughs> get it all out, just let it roll, just let it fly, my cardigan, let it out. Uh, Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, <coughs> yes. Mr. Robinson's Lisa, neighborhood. Lisa, I told you I was going to get beat up for this, yes. but anyway. Grandma? He was right, Lisa. He got beat up pretty good. <laughs> okay, now back to uh, being serious. Um, I, I think like when I, whenever I've looked at Romans 8.1, and again, I, don't, uh, I know for a lot of you, you, you know that passage, and it, it is so dear. I think what's so powerful about it is it's the gist points all the way back to Romans 5, 18 through 21, where Paul talks about these two realities. There's a, a reality of all of us as human beings because we are in Adam, right? We face condemnation. That's, that's just the route of every human being is that facing of condemnation. We have rebelled against God and our rebellion has continued against God. And we sit in this, this position uh, of of the curse, and that's all the way back. We've been talking a lot about, about Genesis 3. But the other thing that happens in, in 5, 18 through 21, though, is that not only is there an, a first Adam, there's a second Adam, Jesus, who comes along, and he, he does this righteous act, and we, we know that we're celebrating this week both the death and the burial of, <clears throat> the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, but it came, and, and I love how it says this in Romans. It just says that this act through this act came righteousness <clears throat> leading to life for all people. Now, the general way that we tend to see this is, is we tend to see this now of our rightness with God. We stand rightly in front of him. We stand where God sees us through the lens of the perfect work of Jesus. And let me just tell you this. I am so thankful for that, that we stand in a position that we are no longer guilty in front of a holy God. And, and so I, I love that. And we can defend it from Scripture. It's not less than that, that understanding. But what we want to do is we want to expand this, not less than that, but, but beyond that. Because I think Paul, when he's moving towards, Gen or towards Romans 12, is trying to lay out something for us that is so big here. When he gets to this idea of the mercies of God in 12.1, it is not just about our right position in front of God, but then how God changes us that we might now experience life and give life in the world in which we live. So now with you guys, so kind of laying that context out, I think, for where Paul's at. Maybe just let me, let me start with you, uh, uh, Spencer. How, how does that shift our thinking a little bit when we start to see not Romans 8, 1 merely as our right standing before God, but something that this righteousness now that builds in us being now the people God intends us to be. Could you kind of expand that out a little bit for us to kind of help us understand well, that? I think so. If, um, <clears throat> if, 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 maybe, are you, are you talking more like, um, 
maybe what sin is? Is that kind of... You can go there, sure. Okay. Yeah. No, because I think it's important to understand, like, like understanding what sin is. And, and if, if we're not careful, um, maybe we reduce sin down to just, um, like, wrong behaviors or wrong actions or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and that's certainly true. Sin is wrong behavior and action, but it's a lot more than that. And I think where Paul's going there um, is, is moving and maybe expanding our understanding of sin to be not just being wrong actions or wrong behaviors, in which sense then I stand before God condemned before what I've done, right. but it's, it's more than that. And it's kind of like this idea of, kind of like what you were saying earlier this week of going, it's not just wrong actions, but it's, it's being in a state of brokenness. Yeah. Our and, being. And yeah, our being is yeah. broken. It's not, and it's not just me personally, but it's all of creation is broken. I don't know. It's kind of like what you were talking about uh, devotional earlier this week of kind of the, some of the motivations, but other stuff too. I don't know if you want to tee that up a little bit. or. Well, I, uh, by the way, hello, Cornerstone. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, this has uh, been difficult for me being a people person to uh, be behind the microphone away from you guys. So, uh, just want to know that we love you guys and uh, we're hugging you right now uh, in distance, but um, thank you for joining us and thank you for allowing us to uh, work through this um, pandemic together. And thank you for loving us and your prayers for us and the staff and your prayers for our families are much appreciated. So thank you for that. Now we'll get to my sin. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think when I think of Romans 8, 1, um, one of the things that a mentor of mine said a few years ago really reshaped the way I thought about being delivered from my sin and doing all the wrong things and then really living in life, new life with Christ. And it's this whole idea of transaction. The transaction is being made. Christ has done this for us. But there's a transformation that needs to take place as well. And that's the whole purpose of 8-1. It's not just that we would sign the card or we would say, hey, we want all these benefits, but no, our, life, our lives would actually be transformed by that commitment that Christ has made to us and we would in turn make to him. Yeah, and I think this is huge, right? Because I think across the board, when we think about this, oftentimes salvation is presented of our escape from hell. Right, and again, right. praise God that we no longer face the condemnation of the wrath of God for eternity. So again, not less than that, but I think rarely do we think of our salvation being expanded into this reality that we're saved to truly be something that, that, that God intends us to be. And the more that we have, I think, relegated this just to now my position in Christ where I'm no longer facing hell right. and not into what we've been saved to and for, something, something's missing in that. Well, there's, there's two things there that I think you, you reference. One is um, understanding maybe the extent of sin and then the redemptive work of Jesus in there. But I think you also said, um, if we're not careful, we view this. My wife and I were just talking about this yesterday of going, our tendency is to think that this is like a pendulum swing and we're swinging yeah. away from something. Like, hey, we're swinging away from understanding like the redemptive work of Jesus is to, to save us from an eternity of God's wrath. And it's not, the pendulum isn't swinging away from that, but we're, we're building on top of that and saying it's more than that. And going the redemptive work of Jesus, because sin isn't just... Um, 
the wrong actions that we're doing, and, it's, and God's wrath isn't just a standing, our position isn't just standing wrongly before God, but it's going, no, that, that the reality of sin is that we have the wrong condition. We are broken, along with all of the rest of yeah, creation, right? the rest right? of everything, exactly going, what we've been talking about. Yeah, going, but it's, it's, it's so the brokenness of, of creation, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, then the redemptive work of Jesus is what? It's not just the writing me as I stand legally before God, but it's redeeming all of creation, of which humanity's like the, the chief of that. Like, yeah. is that kind of what you're going with? Yeah, or? well, and I wonder like in this, again, just so we can think through this, because I, I mean, I so badly as a church, I want us to, to be the good news into this time, right? Like I, I prayed for it, I've longed for it, <clears throat> that even in a pandemic, I believe we can be the people that God's intended us to be, but if our gospel is just about saving people from hell, that's, that's all it is. Now, again, do I want people to, be, to escape the wrath of God? Yes, right. 100%. Right. But maybe, guys, help me think through some of the pitfalls, the dangers at a time like this. If the only bullet we have in our arsenal is that you escape hell, what, what, what could go wrong now in this? If that's our only bullet we can throw in our chamber. And just, well, you, you're ready, so just no, go I, for it. No, this is one of those, I, I know you guys are probably tired of me hearing, the, or hearing me say this, but it's, I think you have to go back to Genesis and understand what God's intention was in the beginning. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. What God was about in the beginning is he created the world, nature and everything, to put himself on display. He created humanity as image bearers kind of as the chief of creation because God was passionate about putting himself on display. Yeah, the two realities. One is like a Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God, right? Like on that end of it, my my son and I were working that on his homework this week. But then there's this other side. As chief creation, though, there's something really unique about who we are as human beings and how God has displayed that the rest of creation can't. You know, exactly. Yeah. I'm going like God's called humanity to put him on display and they he calls humanity to do that through like um, the, the mandate in Genesis 126 of like be fruitful, multiply, rule over the earth, subdue it, all these yeah. things, right? And going, those are things that the rest of nature and creation can't do. But as humanity does that properly, man, we put God on display in a cool way. But so that's what God wa- wanted in the beginning. Sin is what Christian was talking about uh, last week. We was going sin... Um, Humanity still are image bearers, but they're, they're warped, they're perverted, they're yeah. corrupted. They can't do that properly. <clears throat> and, and in Genesis 6, right before the flood account, um, there's a fascinating line. Yep. And I would say that it becomes um, almost this contrast that exists really from Genesis 6 up to today of going, we were, in, we were created to put God on display, but all of a sudden Genesis 6, man, what was the state of humanity? That, that, that what? Yeah, that we make a name for ourselves. Yeah, you right? do. I mean, you really do that. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, like the way you mocked me for my cardigan. Yeah, yeah, almost. Yeah. But going, but I think that's that's a huge distinction to realize. Of going, are we going to make a name for ourselves, or are we going to put God on display? And I think that becomes one of the biggest pitfalls that we face when we think in terms of not just the moral. Uh, kind of, I stand before God condemned because of my, my actions, yeah. but going, no, 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 no. The motivations of my heart and the yeah. state of being are just <clears throat> And I think the way that we have to up. see this in a big way is, is that the curse has been broken. When we say there's no condemnation, Jesus, through his death, burial, and resurrection, 
broke the curse, <clears throat> right? And so now it's not just a right standing before God, but the beautiful reality of it is, is now we can be the people that God intended us to be. So let me, let, let me just kind of wrap this around, maybe what you guys are seeing, and I'll start with you, Terry, because this is what I'm seeing right now amongst God's people, okay? Is that I, I do think that right now we have this incredible opportunity to speak into the world but yet the putting God on display versus the putting ourselves on display, I, I, I kind of slowed down on my, my giddiness on uh, social uh, media, and I just started watching it. And I was blown away, and maybe you've experienced it too, by how quickly all of us, me, and, and I know the two of you guys in our discussion, how quickly we move from a desire to truly make a name for God through our fear, through our, our arrogance, through all kinds of things, we quickly make this thing about me again. Maybe real quickly, Terry, what are some of the things like in your own life, uh, maybe in the lives of just others you've been walking with where you've seen this shift of us no longer making a name for God like we ought to, but a name for ourselves? Well, I, I think for me, it, it all begins of where my heart is. What, what condition it, it is my heart? And I think through this, it's really allowed me to just stop and examine the depth of my heart. And I think because of the whole conversation and sin being so much about behavior and so much about the things we do or, versus or who don't we are. do versus, no, who am I really? Yeah. Because uh, in Ezekiel, it's the spirit that's going to come into us to change us. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to come in and make us new. And I think because I think so much about my behavior when I'm face-to-face -face with the Lord, whether it's through a quiet time or through someone, you know, pointing out a failure in my life or a sin in my life, and I have to examine my heart. I think, first and foremost, I didn't realize how divided my heart has been. Yeah. Oh, isn't that incredible? And, yeah. and busyness, you can just, in the busyness of life, you can just, you know, you can, you can hide a little bit of the outward behavior. Totally. But you still have to go home at night and lay down. Yeah. And that heart just begins because the Spirit of God is at work within my heart generating these realities that I can't do uh, this Christian life apart from the Spirit of God. So let me, so let, let, let me come back to you, could I? We'll, we'll, can we transition yeah. to you after this? Yeah, yeah. I want to give everybody a, a quick little break here. And then I'm gonna, you're going to be my comeback okay. point in this. I want to give everybody just a few minutes here, maybe five, seven minutes. And, and what I want you to do just in your time, if you're alone, maybe just you, you journal. Um, maybe if you're together with other people, have a discussion. If you're online, maybe doing Zoom or Skype or something with other people. This is the question I want to ask you, honestly. Now, just honestly. If the curse has truly been broken, if that's what it means, if we are no longer under the condemnation of God, if Jesus Christ, through his death, burial, and resurrection, has broken the curse... And we can now be the people God intends us to be. How are you doing right now? In the midst of all this, where do you see yourself maybe truly where we do see yourself making a name for God in all these different circumstances? But maybe on the flip side of it, I think, which is what I think all of us have acknowledged that we see, where are you, you not making a name for God? And so for these next few minutes, just to have a discussion amongst your family, your friends, even if it's just with, between you and the Lord as you're alone, Ask yourself that question. How, how, are, how are you doing, doing currently right now and how either, number one, you truly do see the Spirit of God working in you, making a name for Jesus, or on the other end of it, maybe how do you see yourself making a name for yourself? So I'll give you the next few minutes for you.
That idea of putting God on display as opposed to making a name for ourselves, it's a pretty fascinating thing. I mean, I mean, you kind of punted on that one, you know, it's, it's okay, you know, hey, you know, if you want to you ignore Todd, that's fine. Most of us try to, but it's kind of tough to do. It's all right. It's all right. Hey, your mom's listening. Yeah, my mom's on. She, no, she loves me. So here's what's crazy is um, when you think about this, I think sometimes just going back and going, if what we're called to is putting God on display and not making a name for ourselves, then all of a sudden, it's what you talked about, Todd, uh, at the beginning of Romans 12, where it's, it's going, man, don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world. If the world is trying to make a name for themselves and make themselves known, man, don't do that. Figure out how to put God on display. And here's what I was thinking this week. It's, it's fascinating because sometimes I think we can get caught up in thinking through, oh, the pandemic side of things and going, oh, either physical health or uh, maybe financial hardship. And those are the two big prominent things. But this week I got exposed something fierce. <laughs> so it had nothing to do with either of those things. It had to do with just a disruption of life and going, um, I'm a pretty decent uh, teacher and I write a little bit. And, um, and what's funny is I would say the things that God has gifted me in, I started realizing, man, I'm, I'm actually trying to use the fact that um, I have a little bit more of a voice during this season. Um, and man, I'm starting to use that not to advance the kingdom of God, but I'm actually trying to use this voice to propagate my own agenda. Yeah. And I got exposed this week to going, man, it had nothing to do with fear of health or fear of finance. It had everything to do with going, I'm a gifted communicator, and I was leveraging that to make a name for myself. And it was just, it was ugly. And this is hard. Oh, 100% I mean, I think like, hard. and again, pulling it back to Romans 8.1, we're going to dive in on, on, okay, so this is hard. What are we going to do? But I think off of that, because this is just a daily battle. Like every day we wake up with this battle of, am I going to put, a, put Jesus on display or am I going to put myself on display? Well, because right? the whole world is going this direction. Oh, and, and you're fighting against the stream. <laughs> yeah, and, going, and God's called us to go, <clears throat> no, go this way. And especially now in this pandemic, right, where protect yourself and hoard everything you can get and get all your toilet paper and your face mask. And right, because I don't think people realize like, man, trying to grab onto my bank account or financial stability, that's still trying to make a name for myself. That's right. 
or trying to hoard all that toilet paper <laughs> is actually me trying to make a name for myself. Yeah, but we don't see it as that, right? But it's, okay, so this is the daily thing. Okay, now, okay, so good. This is a great transition, great segue. Uh, Keith Pitlinski, thank you for saying that you, uh, you liked my sweater, by the way. Um, let, me, let me go here. <laughs> Because this is so brutally difficult, and I think this is where I think sometimes we can be the church without the Holy Spirit, because we don't think this is hard. Hmm. Like, I almost wonder sometimes if we think in the back of our heads we have enough willpower, enough brain power, enough whatever it is, gumption, pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, that we can do this alone. But when you start framing it the way you guys are framing it, the way I think Paul's starting to frame it here, no wonder he wrote in 724 and 25, who can save me from this body of death, right? This is brutally difficult because of everything that's moving this way. So I love what then Paul does, though. By the time we then get to to Romans 8, 5, right, now all of a sudden it's like in steps this reality of the Holy Spirit. And I love how the Net Bible puts this. It's a mindset. There's a mindset of the flesh, and then there's a mindset of the spirit. And those that are now saved, those are no longer under condemnation. Those who the curse has been broken, right? I mean, now all of a sudden, we have the capacity, a mindset to think differently. We have the capacity to be transformed in our thinking. We have, have that reality. We have the capacity, but it's, but it's, it's hard. hard. <laughs> right, but okay, so good, good, good. Now, we talked a lot about faith, um, uh, kind of in the book of Romans, this idea of this faith to Jesus being a trust in Jesus, being a, a, a submission to Jesus, right, where we surrender to him, a, a true allegiance to him as our king. What I don't think I realized until I got to Romans 8, and, and maybe Terry, you can speak to this, this, is, this allegiance is not just to our king Jesus, it is to him but this submission also goes to the Holy Spirit. And I feel like sometimes we don't bring the Holy Spirit enough into this discussion about what does it mean to follow Jesus in these times. You want, you want to speak to that for just a little bit? Well, I, um, it's amazing when we read through the scriptures. A lot of times the Spirit of God is not at the forefront of the topic, right? In yeah. fact, we have to kind of dig to see. And, I, and it's not that he's any less of the triune God. It's just his role is to bring awareness and to display Jesus and to display the Father. Yeah, which I thought you drew out great in our discussion this morning. Wish you could have been there for it of John 14 uh, through 17, yeah. right? Yeah, but I'm sorry, mm-hmm. keep going. No, for sure. But, but I think, um, you know, the, the work of the Spirit, yes, he gives us a new mind, but he also gives us new life. And Amen. he also gives us this new obligation to live life by, Right. Uh, if you go on down to verses 12 and 13, it says, live by the Spirit, put to death the deeds of the body. And in Galatians 5, where he talks about, you know, being filled with the Spirit, it's, it's not under obligation of law anymore, but it's under obligation of the Spirit. Yeah. And I think what the Spirit does is he does the work we can't do. Amen. And, and that is, is think like Christ, right? Yeah. And, and to have the ethos of Christ. Christ is living in us. What makes me different than Could my somebody neighbor? Somebody really quickly look up ethos. I don't know that word. And can you <laughs> put it onto word. our... Southern word. It's southern southern word. word. Okay. I had ethos one time. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Woo! That's a big word. I appreciate you know, it. No, but that's think, a big word for me. I think it's, it's fascinating what you just bring up because that idea of, of the Holy Spirit empowers us to live out this this new covenant reality of going, man, all of a sudden, because of the work of Jesus, we can actually think differently. Mm-hmm. We can um, 
function that we can put God on display now. Yeah, so now I, all of a sudden when I'm facing yeah. hardship in this impossible task that we yeah. just talked about, right. all of a sudden the Holy Spirit gives us the power to do it. And it's something you and I were talking about earlier this week of going, if we're not careful, and I want to be care- like cautious here because I'm going to say something that's like <laughs> potentially dangerous. Uh-oh. I know some of you guys expect that. Um, <laughs> if sometimes we, we become so focused on the redemptive work of Jesus, and if... if, if which is amazing. Yes, it yeah. is. It's, it's 100% right. amazing. Right. We don't want to ever... But, de- but going, well, Jesus saved me from my sin. Well, Amen. then what's the Holy Spirit do? And going, mm. oh, no, no. The Holy Spirit empowers me yes. to actually think differently in the midst of this impossible task of trying to put God on display when all the world's going this way, I can live differently. I don't know. Does that make sense? Or maybe you can reframe or clean up what we were talking about. You mentioned the John 14, and here's kind of what I was coming from, from John 14, where Jesus was saying, hey, you need me to go away because an advocate is coming. And And you'll even do greater things. Greater things. And what, what he was saying was, no, no, no. As I go away, all the things you see me do, whether it's a crisis, whether it's a COVID-19 or not, the things that you have seen me do, love people that don't love me, right? Heal yeah. people, right? Walk in and recognize sin. And all of these things, the Spirit of God is coming to reside in you so that you can actually do the things I did. You can actually think the thoughts that I thought. Yeah. You and can I think actually... you mean you plural, so say y'all. Y'all. Yeah, see? So Ooh, that's how you're supposed to say it. say it. I know, man. Yeah, well, let me, I, and I think this is so key. And I think words. for those of you listening to us, this is, I, I think, really what I wanted to get to. <clears throat> this pandemic is absolutely impossible to walk through and to display Jesus because everything in it is going to be about self preservation, about how it is that I can get me and mine what we need. Uh, I, just every facet of it. But yet I think the church is at such an incredible opportunity point that as everything is flowing this way about getting me in mind, we can be the church and act differently and act to your point. Like Terry, I do think like from a first Corinthians two standpoint, the Holy Spirit now becomes the means by which again, Jesus is not, not negated in this. Right. In fact, we display who Jesus is to the world, but the way it happens is through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, right? And I think like off of this passage, which is so key on this, is that now with these mindsets that are there, these these ones who, who now have their minds shifted in this direction, at the end of that, I love this, is at the end of self-preservation and meism is death. There is no other place than it's going to go. And I think that's verse six, right? The mind that's now set this way is on death, but the mindset on the spirit, I love this, is life and peace. But that's so countercultural. It's counterintuitive of going, and it doesn't even make sense because everything in me and all of the community around me, everybody on social media, it seems, is saying, go this way. Yep. And, and the spirit of God says, hey, you know what? We're going to try to put Jesus on display. And that means think differently. Don't be conformed to the pattern of the world anymore. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, that's so different. Yeah. Than but anything. yet this is our opportunity, isn't it? I mean, it's like if, if we, if we as the church, again, as cornerstone, if we as the church can learn anew and afresh what it means to submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit, to, to truly believe that the Holy Spirit is powerful, that, that he can, he lives in and amongst all of us, I just think this is a phenomenal opportunity. 
like in the midst of, a, of hardship, of difficulty, in which we're going to walk through. We're not going to escape the financial pain. We're not going to escape the, the, the physical pain. We're not going to escape the emotional, the relational pain. I mean, literally, my family is in turmoil because of, I think, just relational pain, right? The, the loss. You're, I, for, for Spencer and I, this is like the most amazing gift from the Lord to not have people around us. But for Terry, this is, well, I almost, actually, you're kind of a little bit, you like people. But, but, but okay, so let me come back after that. I shouldn't have said that. This is our time. And I think it was Paul's writing to Romans, and maybe one of you can speak to this. This was the Roman time in the Roman Empire. This is our time in, in 2020 in the United States. Is that, is that a fair way to put it? Yeah, I think, I think we can say for Paul, he was writing to the church in Rome which the big issue that they were facing was, man, you know what? The Jewish believers and the Gentile believers weren't doing a good job of putting Jesus on That's display. Right. So Paul writes this letter and says, hey, you guys got to clean it up. Yeah. I think if Paul's writing this letter to the church in the world in 2020 in the face of this pandemic, what's he going to say to us? So that, hey, what do we need to clean up so that we can actually put Jesus on display well. Yeah. And I think practically, I mean, I could give you the historical context, but I don't know, what do you think on, what do you think Paul would be saying for the church in 2020 right now that we Ooh. need to clean up so that we can put Jesus on display well? <laughs> That's a good question. Wow. Uh, well, I'll go back to my dodging of your question earlier. Finally, he's coming back to go back to the heart <laughs> issue, but I think this is, uh, this is an eyeball issue. Mm-hmm. I, uh, and that is, we got to quit looking at ourselves first. We got to quit looking at the gospel through our own lens and seeing how the gospel not only just shapes us, but as a body. This is the thing I struggle with. You guys say y'all all the time. You guys say, you know, um, yes, yeah, the Spirit of God lives within me, but He also displays Christ through the body, through the church. And me and Christian talk about this a lot. He he really helps. He pushes me back on this because a lot of my uh, experience in Christianity has been very individualistic. Hmm. And what he's saying, and this is where now all of a sudden we got time to pull back and guard and build kind of not only our safe world around us, but also our, our theology gets more independent and individual. And this is really pushing me to say, at, at, especially at this point in history of the church, you need the, you need the church. Yeah. And not just to love on and not just to do things yeah. for. No, no, you actually need them in your life to help shape the spirit of God in you to work out the yeah. gospel. And our world does not need us in individually. Now, again, not less than individually. Not right. less. Our world right. needs the testimony of a group of people these called out people, these ones that are, that are living his, differently, that are, that are living, living differently, differently together yeah. to be the church. And so yeah. I'm going yeah. to end there because uh, yeah. our time's drawn to a close. But let, let me just say this as, as, as we get done. I don't, I don't want to in any way have anybody think that our position inside of Jesus is one's no longer under the wrath of God. It is, it is not an important thing. It is a total praise God. Amen. I think what I want to do, though, is stretch our understanding to understand that when the curse was broken, it's just not our right standing with God, but that we can now be the people that God intends us to be. But we will never be the people God intends us to be apart from the powerful work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so Cornerstone, as we, as we sing one more song together, 
May we truly be a church that understands the amazingness of the Father who loves us and adores us and has made us his very own. He's adopted us. And by it, I hope we cry out with one voice the reality of Daddy. And in the name of the Son, oh, thank God that he is the firstborn amongst many brethren, these ones that are to come after. I love the work of Jesus that he accomplished on the cross, that he accomplished in coming back from the dead. But I think the one thing that we sometimes forget, and maybe we should write a book called The Forgotten God, but I think the one thing that we oftentimes lose sight of is the necessary reality of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Not only did he draw us in and give us new birth, but he is the one who empowers us to be the people God's intending us to be. So may this week, in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, may you worship fully, may you follow fully, May you live in fully our great triune God, including the Holy Spirit.